It's Friday night And the mood is right We're gonna have some fun Show you how it's done TGI Welcome to episode number 201 of the Two Guys in a Friday's podcast. My name is Steven, and that over there is Travis. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, it is. Tired. (laughs) It'll be all right, though. Uh, Welcome to uh, the show, everyone. If it's your first time here, we watch TGIF. Well, episodes that aired 30 years ago, and then we're talking about them today. Yeah, that's what we do, pretty much. It's what we do. We got a few to talk about. But before we get into that, let's thank Adrian, or no, yeah, Adrian, thank you for the theme song this week. Thanks, Adrian, appreciate that. If you want to send in your own, tgifcast at gmail.com, that is the place to do it. While you're doing that, follow us on all social media, at tgifcast. I have not converted our Threads account yet, I forgot. I was going to say, are we on, so we're not on Threads yet. I mean, I think it's just the click of one button, so I think by the time this episode airs, I can, can probably confirm that we'll be on threads. Easy enough. It's easy. Um, yeah. Yeah. What else we got going on? Anything? No. 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 Nothing new. Nothing. Nothing. No. Nothing news. Oh, Urkel snuck up on us on the uh, Galaxy um, Time Rally. That is Rally. true. Yeah. Him and and. Uh, Matthew, it's it's like one of the Lawrence like brothers. The, yeah, it's like some of the uh, Boy, Meets TG, World. Or, uh, Boy Meets World crew. Plus, I want to say Matthew. I think Lawrence. it's Matthew Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. We're not going. We kind of forgot. We're, we're I don't know attention. how we missed that. I, I feel like I see all the galaxy. Maybe I'm just only GalaxyCon Richmond, and that's why I didn't see any of it. Yeah, but that's happening uh, like next week. So get out to Raleigh if you can. Weeks, Let yeah. us know how uh, how Jaleel White's doing, and uh, tell him to come on the show. Let us know what his line's like. I'm curious to see what his draw is going to be. Yeah, I don't know. They have him kind of like small on the poster compared to other guests. So I don't know. I don't. I don't. I mean, I would imagine his line would be wrapped around the building like one of the one of the Doctor Who guys. But who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's what's coming up. Uh, we're gonna get in these episodes in just a second. But before we do that, we do like to see what was going on in the world 30 years ago when these episodes would have aired. Now. What are the dates for, uh, I guess we, we watched a couple episodes, three of them. Two of them didn't actually air this week 30 years ago. One of them did. Right. So the Perfect Strangers episode that we will be talking about aired Friday, July 23rd, 1993. And that's the week we're looking at. I'm looking at uh, July, ooh, July 23rd, 1993. And uh, I got a story. Actually, we'll, we'll go back to the 19th first. Okay. Uh, this was probably big news back then, but uh, President Bill Clinton fired the FBI Director William Sessions. Cool. Okay. I looked uh, it up a little bit. Um, it seems like there might have been political reasons why he was fired, but it was also they were they claimed that he was uh, using the FBI jet for his family and like other travel arrangements that he shouldn't have been doing, and they fired him. Sounds like a good reason to fire somebody. So that happened on the 19th. Then on the 23rd, uh, this is probably a cool little trivia that no one probably knows the answer to, but uh, who was the first ever Australian to start or to be a starting pitcher in a baseball game, Major League Baseball? I don't think anyone knows, right? 
I, I didn't even know Australians played baseball. He's a Yankee. He was a Yankee at the time. Still didn't know Australians played baseball. Mark Hutton is the first Australian to be a starting pitcher as he pitched to lead the Yankees 5-2 over the Angels. Get that win. Uh, that's all I got for news. What about movies and music? We got some new stuff this week? We don't. We have nothing no, new. not at all. Uh, not at all. We will next week. We'll have all new stuff next week. So uh, The Firm is in its third and final week as the number one movie. And then SWV's week is in week two, final week uh, for the song. So Triple all week. new stuff next week, but uh, nothing new there. We do have one birthday. Another one of those uh, puppeteers from Dinosaurs, David Charles Goals. And uh, he is most. I mean, really doesn't. He doesn't have quite the resume as some of these other folks do. But he is the face puppeteer for Earl Sinclair. I'm ready to be done with dinosaurs, just so we don't have to wish all these like hand puppeteers like. I you know anymore. I'm taking them off. I'm taking them off the calendar as we go because technically, from a TGIF perspective, we are done. Good. Uh, Get out of here. Dinosaurs. Put your hand up someone else's ass. Well, they might be back because there is a brief run of some Muppet shows on TGIF. So, so they're gone for now. There's only six puppeteers in in in, uh, in Hollywood, and they're all over here, I guess. They're, hey, man, they make their living. I'll tell you what, the, the puppeteer uh, union is strong. Yeah, and those guys usually have some people at their table at the cons and stuff. Well, yeah, because because they have these. Class, I mean, you know, the ones we we see a lot are the guy who does Kermit. And Kermit, then, Elmo, and Yoda. The, yeah, the guy who does Elmo, Baby, and and uh, you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle puppeteers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are like classic characters. But you get the guy who's like the one random Muppet from you know that one episode is probably not going to draw the same as Kermit. Yeah. So. All right, so let's do this thing. We got some episodes that we watched. We started off watching some Hanging with Mr. Cooper. We're trying to get all ready for season two and it debuts on TGIF. So we watched, uh, what, 15 and 16 this week? Is that right? That sounds right. So this is season one, episode 15, Valentine's Day Massacre is the name of the episode. And it starts off, we get a little intro with uh, Coop on the couch. Tyler uh, runs down and he's like yelling, sorry, Vanessa, I didn't see anything. Apparently he walked in on her. Well, we hear her scream before he runs down the steps, so... Saw her naked. I don't think this is the first time he's seen her naked. And well, uh, he claims that he doesn't didn't see her naked. He claims that he did not see anything. That he was just you know the accidentally walked in, but kept his eyes closed. Yeah. At this point, too, we find out that uh, Robin's going on a blind date. Um, is this where the TV starts acting a little weird too? Like right around this time? Uh, not not. I mean, in this scene, but not at this moment. So yeah. So so she comes in. She has a blind date, which is weird because like an episode or two ago, we learned that she had been dating somebody at school for seemed like a long time. Uh, but now she's on a blind date. Vanessa comes down and she's like real sweet to Tyler. She's like, look, you gotta be polite. If you're gonna, you know, you gotta knock on people's doors. And Mark's like, what can I just, if I'm a kid, can I get to look at you naked? Uh, and this is when the TV starts coming in because Vanessa says, Hey Mark, who's, uh, who's your date tonight? And Mark says, yep, I got a date. The TV says he's lying. Yeah, they're watching a show, Love Match, which is uh, like any of those dating shows back then. And uh, the TV is interacting with Mark to start off. Like uh, anything he does. Well, with, the whole, the with the entire show, really. Like it becomes part of the show. Yeah, it definitely does become that. But right now, it's just kind of like almost like following his moves. Like you're wondering, like, is this just a coincidence that like the same thing is going on on the TV? But then it starts to get more into it where, like you said... It's definitely interacting with all the characters of the show. 
Yeah, because the way they set it up is that they're going to follow these three dates to see who has a love match. And the doorbell rings and it's like, and the first date is showing up for Mark and they open the door and it's not Mark's date. It's uh, some new character named Skeet. Yeah, where did Skeet come from? From this doorbell ringing. That's where Skeet came from. He came in with like no introduction, no explanation of who he is or where he came from. But he seems like he's Coop's best friend and like he should have been on every episode so far. Well, and I look to see how how long Skeet stick around sticks around for. He's only in four episodes, so oh. they're like, we got too many characters, and Skeet just not pulling the numbers. Sorry, Skeet. Uh, so theme song, we come back. Um, we've got like Coop talking to the host now about all these dates and everything, mm-hmm. and then uh, starts to uh, talk to Vanessa about her date, and like they reconfirm that Mark doesn't have a date for Valentine's Day, and then we start off. Uh, Vanessa's date shows up first. Yep, Dr. Pickney, uh, just to note, he's been an episode of Family Matters. Yeah, I kind of remember him. I think he was a date for uh, Rachel, I believe. Like, a, uh, a, a quick love interest for her, possibly. I might be wrong. But. <laughs> that, could be, that could be right. I don't, I didn't, I've, I've stopped making extensive notes on these people who have been in random episodes, so. Uh, when Mark interacts with him, we do get our first, uh, or not our first, but we get our diss of the week right here. <laughs> No, I think it's Squiggy. <laughs> I'm Dr. Pickney. Hello, Doc. Nice to meet you. You know, you're sort of tall to be a shrink. Get it tall, shrink. <laughs> Good one, Mark. All right, so then there's a couple more back and forths with Mark, and then they pretty much leave and go out on their date, right? Right, and I think the thing that we need to really clarify here is that this guy is a psychologist, psychiatrist. He has written a book called You Idiot, and basically his whole gimmick is that he just speaks his mind. He has come to the conclusion that the most freeing way to live your life, the most, the most, the best way to live your life is just to say what you want to say, get it out and and deal with the consequences. So he's very, very abrupt. Yeah. And that will definitely play into uh, later in the episode as well. Right. Right. All right. So they go off for their date. As they're leaving, I think uh, Robin or Coop sees that uh, Robin's date has shown up as well. Uh, he wants to talk to this date as well, but uh, Robin's like, no, 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 just stay in the car. I'm coming out to you. So Robin leaves out for up. her date as well. Yeah. Uh, the next scene is Robin with her date in the car. Do we know this guy from anywhere or no? Nope. Okay. Nope. So Robin's... Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere TJ, I'll say that. Robin's in his car. Um, and uh, this date, I mean, he's interesting, I guess. She likes him. Like, she thinks he's cute and stuff. But he is real weird about his car, like doesn't want her to touch anything. Like he just got the upholstery done. Right. Like, Oh, don't touch the radio and all kinds of stuff. Like he's very, don't, he's very, don't well, he this. starts being very sweet to her. He's saying very nice things, very complimentary. And she loves it. She's eating it up. But yeah, he, he's very, uh, just particular about his, his car specifically. His yeah. And possession. they do do, I don't know if they do it with the other dates, but at least in this scene, we kind of like hear the thoughts of uh, Robin and her date. Like they kind of like, let us hear what they're thinking while the state's going on. Yeah. And you're right. I can't remember if they do this on, on Vanessa's date too, but, but you're right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know how this date's going to go at this point because uh, there's definitely some red flags going up and Robin may or may not be able to get past them. Yes. So uh, the next scene uh, is back at the house. We check in with Mark. Tyler's there. Skeet's there. They're all just hanging out at the house. Playing playing, Yahtzee. Playing Yahtzee because that's what people do. And uh, watching TV. And uh, while they're watching TV, a 1-900 ad comes up on the screen. And Skeet 
does everything that he can to get to that phone real fast and give it a call. Yeah, and he immediately finds somebody on the party line. He's like, I'm out. See you later, dudes. Yeah, sometimes somehow it worked. Coop's like, get one for me too. But uh, Skeet <laughs> runs out the door and leaves to this date that apparently, I didn't even know that's how 1-900 numbers worked. But uh, he's got a date and he's going to meet her. Yep, he's out. He's got plans. So uh, we then go to Vanessa and her dates. Uh, they're at Legends. That's the jazz club, right? Where, uh, you know it is. It is. Uh, I forgot about that, but it is It is the jazz club. They're at the jazz club. Um, right where... Wait, it was Robin's dad that was performing there, right? Yes. Yeah. So Vanessa's at this date. Um, her date... Um, do we know his name? I don't know if it's really important or not. Uh, Robin's date? Or Vanessa's date? Yeah. Dr. Pickney is what this we have. This is Dr. Pickney. Name. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Vanessa's date, Dr. Pickney, is like telling her the thing, pretty much like what you were saying earlier about this book. Like, you need to be more direct. You need to tell people all these things. Let's give it a test. Try it out with this waiter. And uh, at the same time, too, while he's doing this, he's also real worried because he thinks for some reason that his ex-girlfriend is following him, is stalking him, and uh, wants to kill him. Right. Yeah. And they present it and, and they do a good job here. They present it in this way. Like you like you're like, this guy's crazy. Like he, There's this very dramatic shifting point where he starts to say all these crazy things of Vanessa. And it's like, what is this guy? All, what is he doing? Yeah. And uh, Robin or yeah, Vanessa is kind of like confused, but also I don't a little turned off at this point i guess i think she's just like really shocked at this kind of dramatic shift and she's like is this guy for real is yeah he, like she does not believe it is I he don't crazy think. is he like it's very hard and it's, it's very hard for us as the viewer to be like is this guy like serious or is he is he just delusional yeah uh we go check in uh i will say real quick they have a, they have a back and forth with the waiter here um and the waiter was in an episode of baby talk he's also been like a lot of other stuff that you would recognize him from mm-hmm. Um, he's not like super recognizable, but he's a kind of character actor that when you see him, you're like, I've seen this guy before. I know him from something else. Uh, we then go check in on Robin and her date. They're driving to their date still. And uh, apparently there's a big uh, storm going on. There's some water up ahead. Uh, this guy who's all worried about his car and everything decides that he can drive right through it because he's got a giant engine. And what do you know? He's got he gets stuck in it. And now he's stuck in the water in the road. They can't move. Yep, yeah, it's very a machismo moment. He's like, I can do this. My car can do this. And she's like, I don't know. Look at all these other cars that are stuck. He's like, I can. my car's better. I can do it. He drives through, gets stuck in the water. They're going to be late to wherever they're going dinner. Not covered by insurance. Sorry, bud. Uh, back to the house. Tyler and Coop are now playing a Nerf battle. Coop's pretending to be the Terminator. They're like just going around the house, shooting each other with Nerf guns. And uh, someone's at the door. Right? Yeah. 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 Doorbell rings. It's a woman uh, whose car is stalled out in front of the house. Her name is Alexis. Coop is immediately attracted to Alexis. I mean, it is Valentine's Day. He doesn't have a date. He thinks this is his chance. And uh, she tells him that uh, car broke down. She just needs to uh, call for a tow truck, which uh, he does allow. And uh, while she's on the phone, he gets Tyler out of the house real fast. And she tells him when she gets off that uh, the tow truck will be there in an hour and Coop lets her stay inside with him. Yep. Yep. They uh, and they start flirting pretty hard, pretty quick. 
real quick, she's taken off some, uh, at least her jackets, and uh, he asks her if she has a boyfriend. She's like, no, we broke up a month ago, and he's like celebrating in the background, like behind her and stuff. And uh, she's like, I don't know if I can trust you, though. Like, uh, maybe I could trust you if you put these handcuffs on, though, or if I tie if tie your hands tie on you your up. back. I tie think. you up. Yeah. And he's like, all right, let's do it. So uh, she ties him up. Um, while he's tied up, uh, Tyler shows back up, and uh, he leaves, I guess, to leave them alone or something. I don't know why. Well, so he, he comes in because he forgot his comic book, allegedly. And so, and Coop is still has no idea. Coop's like, yeah, you got to get out. And Tyler kind of like, like, this is all just weird, and grabs his comic book and goes. Yeah. So he leaves, and as he leaves, um, Alexis opens up the door and lets her friend in, which excites Coop even more because he's like, "Oh man, now we got a threesome going on. This is two this, women. Yeah. This is gonna be awesome." And very quickly, though, we find out that is not the case. As the uh, two women decide they're there because they're gonna rob him, and that was the plan the whole time. They've set him yeah. up. They're stealing his wallet, and they're gonna start going around the house, I guess, because he's tied up and take whatever they want. That's the plan. Yeah. Did, at any point, did you think that these that one of these two women, I guess Alexis specifically, was the ex of Doctor Pickney? And <laughs> no, she had I like, did not. <laughs> uh, that's me. I was like, this is gonna be like the ex of of the doctor, and she followed him to the house, and now she's gonna like. That's rob good. This I guy, like. I wait, like. That. Wait for him to show up or whatever. Like, like that it was turned out to be real crazy stuff. Yeah, I didn't do that. I think the episode for me did a pretty go- good job, like separating these three Delete, like yeah. middle little fair. stories. And for some reason, I, it didn't even come across. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but we'll see. Could happen. Uh, we go to the show. Back to the love match. Uh, the host is checking in on the three dates once again. Kind of reminds me this like love match thing is how like they do it in dinosaurs when they do those like flashback episodes a little bit. Uh, yes and no. I mean, the, this is the dinosaurs when they do the flashback episodes. Like ninety percent the you know the archaeologists talking you know talking about stuff and then clips and this is just very quick hits with this host and then back to the show. Yeah, and I guess the dinosaurs they're not interacting with the. Uh... Yeah, it's it's a clip show. All right, so. Uh, we check back in on him. Coop's getting robbed at this point. Um, he's trying to like figure out something to do. He's like, all the good stuff's upstairs where the girls live. Go up there, and like <laughs> they they are like, oh, good idea. And they go upstairs, and like he tries to escape, but they stop him. He doesn't get out or anything like that. It's he's pretty pathetic. Yeah. Uh, we check in on Robin and her date. They're still waiting for the tow truck. Robin tells her date that uh, she thinks she sees the truck. She's like, roll down the window, flag him down, and he does that. And as soon as he does. It's not the tow truck. It's just a giant wave splash of water goes right into the window in this car that he was all worried about. Yeah, yeah. Big old tractor trailer drives by. So he's all wet. He's a little upset. Uh, a car comes by on Robin's side. She's, he tells her to flag it down. She's like, I'm not falling for that. And he's like, no, no, it really is. She rolls it down. Same thing happens. Water sprays into her window. The two of them are laughing at this point, though. Like, they both think it's funny. And uh, they seem to be getting along a little better than they were a few minutes ago. Yeah, they're both kind of realized how just pretentious and kind of overdoing it they were. And now they're both kind of been been uh, level. You know, the playing field has been leveled for both of them and they're kind of on the same same page. They're laughing, they're flirting, they're liking each other. And now they're making out in the front seat. Yep. Things are getting things are getting heated. 
I mean, you might as well. What else are you going to do? Valentine's yeah, Day, sure. you're stuck in a car, nowhere to go. Might as well. Um, yeah, and they can remember this as the anniversary of the first time they got their hair wet and had to dry it out in the in a car. We check in on Coop. Coop's still tied up. The girls are about to leave with all their belongings. And then Skeeter shows up. He's there to save the day. He's back from his 1-900 date. Um, what did he say about the date? Like the ch- it was, she was either the date looked. I can't remember if it was Chewbacca, a Yeti, <laughs> some some large hairy creature of, of, that we would all know. Yeah, so he got out of there real fast. Um, but he loves the situation that he's got right now. Two girls, Coop's tied up. He can do whatever he wants, and uh, he starts dancing with them in the middle of the living room until he too gets tied up they take advantage of him they tie him up and now coop and skeet are tied up on the couch with no one to save them from the house being robbed yeah and coop the whole time was trying to tell him but he's got his mouth bound and he just can't get it out uh we check in on vanessa um her date still being paranoid about his ex and then what do you know his ex kathy shows up right there in the middle of legends and confronts him and it's real weird, and which is I think I think this is a great moment because we all they really set it up so that you feel like this guy is just crazy and that he's totally delusional. And then it turns out he is absolutely dead on. Yeah. And uh, really quickly, they kind of work out all the problems that they had and the whole deal with her stalking him and trying to kill him. And then they leave together and leave uh, Vanessa there at the restaurant alone. Yeah, well, because Vanessa's like, you guys need to just talk about it, get it over with so you can both move on and not have to worry about this anymore. And they do. They talk about it. And they they come. They realize it was all just a big misunderstanding and that they love each other. Yep. Vanessa's there all alone. The waiter comes over and brings the check to Vanessa since uh, obviously this dude didn't pay the check before he left. And uh, by the way, I, I did look this guy up some more to figure out like, but I knew I had seen him in more places. He's also been on getting by. Are you talking about the date or the waiter? The waiter okay. getting by and step by step. So he's been on at least this is his fourth TGIF show that I, that I can find. Okay. So Vanessa, of course, upset all alone and paying the bill. We go back yeah, to the house. Uh, the girls have, are leaving with all the stuff. Took them a while to get out of the house, but they are. And as they're doing it, the police show up. We find out Tyler called them. Um, he saw them on like a crime show on TV, like Most Wanted or something like that, because they've yep. done this thing before and now they've done it to Coop. And he remembered them. He called them. The police are arresting them. Um, and this police woman, she starts to flirt with Coop a little bit, a little flirting back and forth. Well, Mark starts, Mark definitely starts the flirting and then she, she reciprocates. I don't know. I feel like there was something she said that like triggered it to Mark to start like really going for it or something. Maybe. I feel like Mark started pretty hard, but okay, I'll I'll, I'll take it. But anyways, uh, they leave off together. They leave Skeet tied up in there and uh, all (laughs) alone, tied up, can't move. And uh, now Coop might actually have a Valentine's Day date. Yeah, good for him. Uh, we check in with Love Match one more time and the host, um, and they decide to do an audience poll to see who made the Love Match tonight, and the host checks in uh, once again with all three, get a little like testimonial from them about their dates. They vote, and with a uh, probably pretty purposefully 69% of the vote, Coop is the winner. 
Well, they go through the whole, they go through all of them. And then, you know, Robin, while she was making out with this guy, found out that he was the attorney for this chemical company that dumped a bunch of toxic chemicals. Uh, so she couldn't be with him. And obviously Vanessa's date didn't end well. And it was funny with Mark. I thought they were going to like focus on the, him and the police officer, but they really played it as more of him and the robbers and how much of a t- great time he had with them. Um, but yeah, Mark wins. Good Mark. Good, good Mark. 1% of the votes to uh, what, Robin? 30, uh, Vanessa. 1% to Vanessa, 30% to Robin, and 69% to Coop. And that's the end of the episode. Um, we do get a little. Well, there's a there's a funny line here, real quick, before oh, okay. they cut to the part that you're talking about. You're going to talk next. Is that uh, chick, the host of the uh, the dating show, is like, "All right, see you on on date love match next week, whatever the show's called." And Cooper's like, "No, no, 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 it's going to be hanging with Mr. Cooper." And then they cut to to the credits. Uh, yeah, and the credit scene uh, is kind of playing back on that Nerf war that we had earlier in the episode where. Uh, Coop and Tyler are running around the house shooting some Nerf guns, but this time Tyler is the Terminator. He comes out of the kitchen. I think he's get, got like lighting and smoking effects and okay, everything. Yeah, they've got it's all like bright backlit, like he's coming out of the future, and like you said, there's smoke. I think he's got glasses on, so he's doing the whole whole gimmick. Uh, and then as he comes out, kind of what happened earlier, a girl shows up at the door, but this time it's a young girl for Tyler. She says her uh, bike had a flat tire. And uh, Tyler leaves with this girl, and we don't know what happens. Uh, hopefully he didn't get robbed. Probably did. All right, so that's uh, the first episode of Coop that we watched. Then we watched uh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Season 1, Episode 16, Boys in the Woods, with some Zs in there is the name of this episode. It starts off, we've got Robin, we've got Coop. They're getting ready for a camping trip. They're getting all their gear packed. Coop's showing off everything that he has. Uh, Vanessa comes down and she's real jealous. She wants to go on this trip. Wait, as well. wait, 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 wait. You can't just gloss over this whole thing with Mark. So Vanessa's in the, uh, Robin is in the den. She's like, where's all the camping stuff? And Mark walks out of his room. He has strapped his body with all of the camping stuff, like on his person, including a life raft, which he, he inflates in the den on his back while he's standing there. It's pretty good. That's good. It reminded me of the life raft from uh, family matters when they, Oh yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, and then, then Vanessa comes out. She's, she's yeah, jealous. she wants to go on the trip. Uh, Coop's like, no, this is a school trip. You can't go on it. But I think Robin kind of convinces him to. Well, Robin's position is, look, it's a, we're going to have these kids. The more adults, the better. If she wants to go, just let her go. Uh, doorbell. Uh, there's a box on the front door. It's labeled food. But uh, we find out pretty quickly it's Tyler hiding inside the box. He wants to go on this trip as well. Yeah, he's real desperate to go camping. And then uh, Coop, though, he kind of scares Tyler who because uh, he says something about bears and Tyler like jumps out of the box and runs down the street, I think. Well, he says that he's going to feed the box of food to the bears. Uh, theme song, we come back. Coop is telling Tyler that he can't go on this trip. This is a camping trip for students. But Tyler kind of knows a lot about camping. Like he's got some cool gear. He knows like some things to do to test water. And uh, I thought Coop was going to let him go at this point. But uh, it's not looking like it. No, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Coach Ricketts shows up with uh, a key to the van and warns Coop, you need to make sure nothing happens to these kids. Uh, if you do, if anything happens to him, you're going to be in big trouble. I don't know if he says he's going to fire him or kill him or something like that. But uh, well, This, too, we find out not only the, 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 the cabin they're going to is Ricketts' cabin. Mm-hmm. So he gives him the keys to his van, but then he also says, hey, the key to the cabin is under the flower pot when you get there. Yeah, I didn't even catch that because I thought they were going to be camping outside and then they end up at this cabin a little bit. But... uh. Everyone starts showing up for the trip. Uh, 
it's your normal cast of characters. Andre's there, and uh, Isaac's there, and Irvin's there. Yeah, uh, the boys. Yeah, they they're there. Um, and uh, Coop's like trying to get them all hyped up for the trip, but I don't think they're too excited for it at this point. No, they don't seem to be too interested in this at all. Uh, Vanessa comes downstairs. She's ready for her trip for the trip. She's completely dressed up in fur, which is pretty funny because Coop kind of like reminds her that people are hunting out in the woods and she's dressed up like an animal. Yep. Yeah. Totally furred out with two Louis Vuitton bags. Uh, Robin comes down uh, with her girls that are going on the trip. Um, and we find out the guys are making a little side bet, too, on like who can get some play first is what they say between. Uh, yes. It's pretty much just between Andre and Irvin at this point. So real quick, these girls are uh, Monica, who is Char Jackson, most notably from Moesha, also an episode of Getting By. Yvette is Rachel True again. She was in the episode of Getting By, but she was also, I think most people know her from The Craft. She was one of the three girls in The Craft. Uh, and oh. then the third, um, Lisa, no like big credits to her name, but she was in an episode of Getting By in Family Matters. That's cool. I didn't realize we had some stars in the... Uh... Yeah. Two of the three had a had a, had a pretty notable roles in their career. Char Jackson, didn't she have her, her own show as well? Like, at, like a, a lot. Moesha yeah, I'm probably not... Yeah, I'm probably not giving her enough credit, but I, I, like to me, her most memorable is just Moesha. Sure. But I, she might have had. You, you could be, you very well could be right. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not giving her the credit that she deserves. Um, yeah. So uh, they've got this side bet going on, and uh, Tyler once again tries to sneak into this camping trip. He's put himself in a giant bag, trying to hope, <laughs> hoping that someone accidentally puts him on top of the vehicle. But uh, Coop pretends to do that, puts him on top of the table, and they uh, they walk out of the house, leaving Tyler zipped up in this bag on top of the uh, dining room table. I hope he can get out. Uh, yeah, I don't think he can. Um, so from there, we're now on the road. We're heading to this uh, cabin, wherever it happens to be. Robin thinks that they're lost. Um, Mark is insisting that they're not, and he's going to find it. And she's like, we need to stop for directions to this gas station. But Coop's like, no, I don't need to do that. I've got this map. I can find this place. Yep. Yeah, she's, he, he's, he, yeah, as again, he's trying to do the whole dude thing of not asking for help. And he's like, actually, I'm looking at the map right now. We're, we're going to be there in 10 minutes. It's right up the street. And they're like, all right, Coop, let's, <laughs> let's get there. So they get there. They show everyone getting to the cabin. Um, everyone's f- glad to be there. They open the door. It's dark. And, uh. You think it's just going to be like an awful cabin like we've seen in uh, a lot of other TGI. Every other TGI show at this point. But a little bit of a turn. Um, They turn on the lights and no, this thing has everything. It is fully loaded. Giant TV. Everything. Giant stereo system. um, Nice furniture everywhere. Computer automation. It's like run by a personal assistant. Oh, that's the cabin comfort uh, regulator 2000 in case you didn't know. And uh, yeah, their uh, their idea of camping has changed a little bit because everyone is excited to see that this cabin's got it all. I mean, Vanessa and Robin are way more excited. The kids are way more excited. But you know what? Coop is sitting there and he's not that excited. He wanted this to be like a trip where everyone can learn something. I mean, when he did this trip with Coach Ricketts originally, like he learned like how to survive and how to live out in the woods. But now these kids are just like living in a resort and they've got all the amenities that you could ever ask for right here in this cabin. 
So Mark is, is, is he's getting mad about this. Like he is not happy. He's starting to like kind of like get take stuff away. He wants them to rough it. And he eventually just says, we're all going outside. We're, we're, we're going to sleep outside. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's what they're going to do. They're going outside. That's where we go. The next scene. We're outside. Everyone's setting up their sleeping bags. There are some comments, though. I mean, they've got like speaker rocks out there, but I don't think. Well, because Mark's like, like when I was here with Ricketts, we didn't have pillows. We slept on the we used the rocks. And then one of the kids turns and sees that one of the rocks is like you said, the speaker. Yeah. And um, while they're all out there, though, the uh, the guys, Andre, Isaac, Irvin, they are still thinking about hooking up with some girls and they try to uh, to hit on some of the girls. And uh, what do you know, little Isaac, He's uh, he's got an interest in, uh, I think this girl's Edith, right? Is that her name? Yvette. Her name is Yvette. Yvette. Yeah. Isaac. And Yvette, Yvette earlier in the episode mentions that she kind of has, she's she's kind of into Isaac. He's he, She likes his style. Yeah, and uh, Coop's like looking for someone to go chop some wood. And very quickly after uh, Yvette is uh, showing some interest in Isaac, Isaac's like, oh, I'll go do it. And he like steps up to try like to be the man and everything. And Yvette's like, I'll go with you, and like puts her arm interlocked with uh, Isaac as they go off into the woods to uh, find some wood. And they quickly come back. They've got a whole pile of wood, and uh, we think that Isaac has done an amazing job, but quickly we find out <laughs> that is not the case as they found a giant wood pile, and they just started carrying some of it back. Uh, there's a couple of things that happen here. There, there's there, Robin comes out with pillows in the meantime, and so there's a whole back and forth on that. Uh, Mark plays with poison oak, does that whole thing. But I think what's funny about this wood chopping scene is that when they come back, Isaac has like three pieces of wood and he's like talking about how hard it was to like cut all this wood. And, and then we find out that they really just got it from this pile. But Yvette comes back with like a whole armful of wood. She's got like six, seven pieces. Um, I thought it was pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. And at this point, too, we've just got a lot of complaining going on, especially from oh, like sure. Robin. Robin's complaining about like everything. And she tells everyone, look, we don't have to do this. Let's all go inside the cabin. We've got it there. There's no reason why we shouldn't. If you want to come along with me, come with me now. So everyone follows her. They all start following her. I think a couple of the guys even start following her. But Coop's like, no, let's stay out here. And like so it ends up being Coop and the three guys. They stay outside. Why? all the girls go inside and stay in the cabin. Yeah. And then they cut to a little bit later and they show Mark with his head, like on a pit, on a rock sleeping outside. Yeah. And then they show, I think this is the same part. They show like Andre, like rubbing Irvin's like back as they're both asleep, which tries to cuddle with him. Yeah. Yeah. That wakes up Irvin. Uh, Irvin wakes up Andre. So they're awake and they decide they're going to go inside. Why, why do they need to stay out there? No, they, no. They think they hear a, a noise in the woods. And so they they go to like try to investigate what's going on in the woods. Is that what happened? That's what I have a note for. I thought they just kind of like, they woke each other up and they're like, oh, let's, this is our chance. Let's be quiet. Let's go sneak in the house. And I thought they go into the house because then Coop wakes up. He thinks he heard a bear, right? And uh, But it's just, uh, he looks right. over and it's just uh, Isaac inside of his uh inside of his uh, sleeping bag trying to get out because he was he, he, he can't get out of his sleeping bag. All right, maybe I misunderstood this scene. I don't know. That's, which is very, very possible, very possible. So Kook tells Isaac, stay put, I'm going in the house, I'm going to go get the boys, I'm bringing them back out here. Um, they go inside, they wake up the boys, and they also uh, wake up pretty much everyone else. And while everyone's awake, they turn around, and in the window they see... A real scary looking masked person. Yeah, full like balaclava. I mean, this is, it would be pretty terrifying for anybody. So 
this could, I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't know who it was at this point. So, no, um, no. I mean, it looks like they're going to get killed. Koopa be, uh, just decides to uh, go for it. He drags this guy in the house. They pin him on the ground. They unmask him. And he's like, oh, I'm Judge Stevens. This is my cabin. And apparently they've all been in the wrong cabin this whole time. This is not Coach Ricketts' cabin, according to this masked right. guy. I mean, if, if what he's saying is true, this is his cabin. They went to the wrong cabin. And very quickly, the cops show up. Yep, the cops show up. And <laughs> what's happened is, like, when Mark was going on the big rant about not wanting to be there, he's throwing all these electronics and nice things that the kids are playing with in this in this. We don't need this. Pillowcase. We don't need Bag. this. Yeah, and so... So as the cops show up, the the judge is like, and look at this bag. Obviously, they were trying to steal everything. And so they get arrested. Yeah. Mark gets them all I was like, arrested. I thought they were just arresting Coop at first. But then as we see in the next scene, they arrest everyone. Everyone is going to jail. We look go- at the kids. They put all the kids and adults in the same holding cell. And this dude that looks like Mr. Rogers that just likes fire and wants to burn everything down. <laughs> Some weirdo dude. He's in there. They're all in there. The cop brings Vanessa a little later in because she was getting like a tour from the uh, police officer of the whole cell. And uh, Robin wants Coop to call Ricketts. That's the that's their way out. They need Ricketts to just prove that their story is correct. They went to the wrong cabin. And uh, he doesn't really want to do it, though. No, he does not. She's blaming Mark him. Doesn't, Mark doesn't want to call Rick. It's just, yeah. Yeah, she's blaming him for everything, too. She's like, this is all your fault. If you would have gone to the gas station, if you would have got help, if you would have done this, like, none of this would have happened. Um, while this is going on, while they're arguing, uh, Irvin and Andre are giving Isaac props because he was the one that won this little bet. And uh, uh, Yvette, is that her name? Yvette. Yeah. Yvette's, like, sleeping on Isaac's shoulder at this point, like, while this conversation's going on. And uh, he's like gloating, like he's like, oh yeah, I mean, I know I'm the man. I knew I was gonna do this, and then she wakes up. Well, well, what he says, what he says is, oh, if if I, you know, the thing is, if I can get a vet, I know there's even more attractive women waiting in line just to get with me, and I and I'm I can't wait. She wakes up. She throws a drink in his face, and she's done with him. <laughs> done. This is Ruined not, it, man. Oh. She wanted the sweet Isaac, not this Isaac, and uh, this whole thing is done. Um, Coop uh, goes over to Isaac because Isaac's a little upset. He's like, oh, man, I lost this girl. And he's like, don't worry. You can learn something from this. Uh, kind of gives him some sort of a quick little lesson. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go call call Coach Ricketts and get us out of here. Yeah, yeah. he basically learned from his own. I think the lesson was something along the lines of you gotta, you've got to uh, – Know when you've made a mistake and learn from those mistakes and 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 do the right thing. Which in Mark's case is he made the mistake of getting to this wrong cabin and now he needs to call call Ricketts. Yep. So we see him go off screen. He does that. The next. Well, scene, what's funny here is when he goes to when he's like, all right, I'm going to call him. He just goes over and open the cell is open the whole time. <laughs> like he just opens the cell by himself, walks out to go to the phone. Yeah. Um, the next scene is Coach Ricketts letting everyone out of jail, um, but leaving not everyone. Yeah, he leaves uh, Mark in the cell and says, uh, whatever, I wrote, says he's not mad, but obviously he's mad, right? No, well, he says he's not mad, but he says it in like a tongue-in-cheek way, because as he's saying he's not mad, he's letting everybody out, and then he keeps Mark in the cell with the crazy arsonist, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, Uh, credit scene, uh, the coach is driving everyone now back home, 
and now the coach is lost, and the coop uh, coop is kind of doing what the uh, what Vanessa and Robin were doing earlier in the episode, like, oh, you need to stop, you need to get directions, go to this gas station. But uh, the coach, uh, Coach Ricketts, is like, no, uh, I don't need to stop for directions. I know exactly what I'm doing. Just kind of playing the same thing as earlier. Right, and, and then and, and then as they pull over, there's a knock on the window. And it's a Mountie from Canada who says, welcome to Canada, eh? Uh, can I see your passports, please? And that's the uh, that's the end of the episode. Final joke. That's a thing. That's a big out of the way going from Oakland to Canada. Jeez, that's right. I was like, I wonder how far that was. But they came from Oakland. <laughs> yeah, that's that's two states that they drove through to, and two big states that they drove through to get to Canada. Three states, right? No, two. Just Oregon and Washington. And all of California. Well, not all of California, like a third of California. No, is that is it that high up? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I would say a third. I, I would say a third is fair, right? That makes sense to me from my head. Okay. Yeah, maybe you might be right. I would say yeah. they're in California more than they're in Oak or Washington or Oregon, though. Uh, maybe the same. Okay. I'm looking. Right. I'm looking right. I'm just. I'm. It's I'm fine. On a map. I believe you. We're going to our next episode. It is Perfect Strangers. This actually aired this week. This is season eight, episode three. Lethal Weapon is the name of it, and it starts off. We're in the kitchen. Larry is serving breakfast to the women. Don't forget, they're both very pregnant, and uh, Larry is wondering where Balky is. Yes. Yeah. Balky is MIA, and then we find out he's outside picking flowers for. Um, Marianne. Yeah, her morning bouquet, which she always gets, apparently. And uh, Marianne's like, um, oh, no, we hear. Do... Balky comes running and screaming. And uh, he, unless there's something else. You no, I, I wrote Marianne you. says, call the ambulance. They're all dying. His aunts from his aunt farm. So Marianne did not say that. So Balky no? runs in. <laughs> Balky, Balky runs in saying that. He's frantic, runs into the kitchen from outside, and he's like, and says exactly what he's like, all the ambulance, all my ants, they're dying, they're dying. Yeah, and uh, he tries to give one of his favorite ants, Mitch, mouth to mouth, right there on the counter. A uh, couple like back and forth funny scenes here where he like loses Mitch, CPR. ends up swallowing Mitch, yeah, and then tries to give him chest compressions and ends up just crushing Mitch yeah. under because he's like violent with these chest compressions too. <laughs> well, I mean, for yeah. a little tiny ant. And uh Larry, um Did uh, you get any of the names right in this in your notes? Because what about what, what, what happened? The ant names? Pa- no, no, no. The the characters of the show. Oh, probably then, not, no. Because <laughs> then Balky says, I have the curse. I have the curse. He has the uh exterminiki curse of instant death. Oh, I see what I wrote here. I was like, Larry's like, Larry says, oh, if you need some more ants, just throw a piece of bread on the ground and uh, you'll get a whole new set for tomorrow. Wasn't that, didn't that happen in episode two? There was a whole ant farm thing in, uh, in getting by Mr. Cooper. No, Mr. Cooper. No, I'm thinking of, uh, no, home free, home free where they were doing the science experiment. No. That that wasn't that was Tyler in in Hangmaster Cooper where they where he comes in and he says I put ants around your fridge they switch okay. to the volcano and then they switch that the very last part of this episode is where the ants are carrying carrying the bread across the table. Yeah, that's right. That was Hang that was Hangmaster Cooper. So um yeah, Balky's telling Larry the history of this curse the uh, what did you call it the Estermaniki curse Estermaniki 
Yep. And uh, just like, I don't know if you want to, did you write any notes about like how this I, curse I came about? I think I might've gotten one piece of this wrong. So he had a, he had a, a distant relative who tried, he was a butcher and he tried to pass off yak knuckles as I said, sheep knuckles, but I, that, it could have been a different kind of knuckle. But anyway, so he gets in trouble for this and he gets, they, they go to the wizard, the grand wizard of Mepos, uh, Dave, and Dave puts a curse on the family, this, this exterminiki instant death curse, where if you're, if the curse is active on you, then you are, anything you touch will die. And it, we find out that it happens uh, most often to men in the family and they're, and they're during their 29th year. So when they're 29. And Balky's 29, I'm assuming. That's my assumption. Yep. Yep. So Balky gets scared at this point. He's like, I can't touch anyone because anyone I touch is going to die. And Larry tells him, um, I mean, there's got to be a logical explanation for what happened to the ants. It can't be this curse. And uh, Balky kind of believes Larry for a second. He's like, all right, maybe you're right. And then Balky goes outside to go get Marianne's uh, morning bouquet. And when he comes back in, all of the flowers are dead that he picked minutes before. And now he is definitely convinced that he has the Esterminiki curse. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, that's it. I don't know what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> He's convinced. So we go a little later. Uh, Larry and Jennifer are getting home from a Lamaze class where we find out that Larry fainted uh, multiple times throughout the class. And Balky, uh, we find out his mom express mailed the Exterminiki fix, which when he comes downstairs, we find out is just a giant oven mitt costume that is he's wearing over his entire body. Full suit. And it, and he's got like, I can't tell. I assume things. it's like sheep hair or sort of yak hair that is hanging from this outfit. There's also, I don't know if it's right here or not. I don't know if you made a note of this. There's a fun conversation that Jennifer and um, Larry have about this whole thing where Larry's like, he's just overreacting. You just got to go along with it. It might be a little bit later in the episode, actually. And Jennifer's like, I don't know, Larry, every time one of these things happen, it turns out that the, you know, the, the Miposian curse seems to be more real than, than you want to give it credit for. So, yeah. And this time around, um, this, uh, this costume that he's wearing, we find out that not, it's not just a temporary thing. He has to wear it forever. Like he's where he can't touch anyone. And this is what's keeping him from touching anyone. So it's just the giant oven mitt body suit that he's never taking off. Yeah. Until the curse is over. Which we don't know when that's going to be. So a little later that night, um, Balky, of course, is still in this suit. And he's trying to do normal things. He's trying to, like, make dinner for everyone. And he's, it's just a disaster. He's mixing salad and uh, f- lettuce is just going everywhere. He tries to serve it to him. And he has to, like, dump the bowl to their plate. Like, it's a pretty good, funny, perfect story. Yeah, he, there's, like, a hot pan that him and Larry go back and forth on because... Balky's holding it and then Larry tries to grab it from him, but doesn't realize that it's hot and burns himself. And then it gets dropped on him. And yeah, all this. Yeah. So, I mean, he's dropping stuff. He's spilling stuff. Dinner's a disaster. Um, But Larry um, has to. uh... (laughs) Oh, Larry just, he's had too much. It's, It's too much for him. He's like, Balky, you just need to sit down. And uh, he asks him, how long is this curse going to last? And Balky's like, well, in the past, it's lasted from anywhere from four days to 47 years. And <sighs> the only way that you know that the curse is over is when you touch someone, then they don't die. That's a pretty extreme way to find out. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess you could like touch a flower every day or something and like just or test your ant it. farm. Yeah, just get a new ant farm every Not every couple farm. days. So, um, Balky tells Marianne, um, maybe it's best that you just go to your mother's house, go there for a few days. Maybe this curse will wear off. And she's like, okay, I'll go. And Jennifer's like, I think I'm gonna go too. So Jennifer and Marianne, they're gonna go off to uh, Marianne's mother's house. And Larry's upset because uh, w- uh, now Balky has spilled like an entire jug of iced tea in his lap. Yeah, and I think this is right here is kind of too where they had that conversation I mentioned earlier, where Jennifer's like, "I'm gonna go because most of the time Balky's right and you're and you're wrong." Yeah, so uh, we go to what the screen tells us is the next evening. Balky and Larry are talking about how, um, I mean, their careers are over now, too, because I like that they brought this back. Balky can't draw Dimitri anymore with these uh, with this costume on. So, yeah. And I wonder if that means that, like, their career, like they got fired that day or if it's uh, they're just worried they're going to get fired. But yeah, I took it as like worried that they're going to get fired. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, So. They're back of the house. They're sad. They're eating KFC takeout. Balky tries to eat, um, but uh, it's tough for him in this costume. And then Larry, he's eating his chicken, and he starts to choke, like, right there in the middle of the uh, of the kitchen. And I think Balky's, like, not sure. Well, Balky's kind of, like, ignoring him. I don't know if he's, well, like... I, what the deal is here is Balky is, thinks he's faking because uh-huh. what he thinks happening is that Larry is trying to get him to take off the, his outfit and so touch him give him the Heimlich maneuver correct and Balky's like oh this is just a ploy for me to take this off and I'm not going to fall for a cousin it's not going to happen and he starts just kind of walking around doing normal things while Larry is like crawling on the floor begging for help like yeah himself like the chair. I was with Balky at one point in this like thinking that oh yeah he's probably just faking it or whatever but then like it really looks like Larry's dying at the table like he's there's there's parts of this scene where I I, I in my brain my face is I, I like see Larry's face turning blue like I, feel like I legitimately think he is joking yeah Larry's dying at the table right now Balky continues to ignore him Larry is about to completely be dead and then uh Balky realizes that wait a minute he really is choking and he knows he can't give him the Heimlich maneuver without taking the mitts off, but he takes him off, gives him the Heimlich maneuver, saves Larry's life. And, uh, Larry's like, you almost let me die, but the curse is over. And they do He's the alive. He saved his life, saved his life. Curse is over. I mean, I guess he could die in 30, 30 more seconds and we don't know it, but uh, the dance of joy happens and that's the end of this episode. Well, I, so I got the impression that one, that this was a way to lift the curse by saving somebody's life. Oh. That, that's the impression that I got from Balky was it because he saved Larry's life. He is now free of the curse. So the only thing with that is like he said in the past, like no one knows how to get rid of the curse though. Right? Like he's that's like, what he said, but that doesn't mean we got the full story. Maybe this was something that he forgot to mention. I don't know. That's the impression. I get. I feel like if that's the case, he could have just saved someone's life a long time ago. Like, Hey, Marianne, step in front of this car. Well, he's only had back. it for like oh, saved your life. two days. You can't, you can't like, but if you, you know, know how to get rid of the curse, danger. I don't know. Seems, seems ethically questionable. <laughs> like put somebody in, in like in like mortal danger. You could be like, hopes of hey, Larry, him. take this fork and stick it in this outlet. And then like, oh, wait, no, don't do that. And then I saved your life. The curse is <laughs> I over. I don't think the curse would count that. All right. I think I think you have a better chance with the throwing Mary, Marianne in front of a car and saving her than, than telling somebody to do something, but then telling him to not do it 
at the last minute. Dance of Joy, episode over. We do get a credit scene, and they're still doing those outtakes like uh, we talked about of like prior scenes in the uh, show. This one is um, Balky uh, prepping dessert. Like we already saw him prepping like the salad and the meat and stuff, but this time he's prepping dessert, which is one of Larry's favorites, Cherry's Flambe. And uh, if you're not familiar with that and cooking, that 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 is alcohol being lit on fire in a dish of cherries. And uh, Larry, uh, what did I say, moves out of the way to safety. Yeah, you really have to understand this in context of the whole scene where everything is going wrong at dinner, and you know there's mm-hmm. things are being spilled and and burn and whatnot. So to think uh, think of that scene and then think of an extra part of that where Balky is carrying a flaming tray of of liquid towards Larry and what could have possibly been that. I think that's where you really understand the joke here. Yeah. So that's it. That's our, uh, episodes for this week. Um, this is the point of the show where we like to, uh, rank them. I'm ready. If you want me to go first. Yeah, go do it. All right. Three, two, one. Number three, I've got the uh, Valentine's day massacre of Coop. Uh, number two, I've got the camping episode of Coop. And number one, I have Perfect Strangers. But I will add to this, I thought it was kind of a weak episode of TGIF. These were not any of my favorite episodes. So I've got a lot different. Um, you know, and, and, and talking about the Perfect Strangers episode helps a little bit. I, I'm going to actually do the camping episode at three, mm-hmm. but, uh, the Perfect Strangers at two, and the Valentine's episode at one. Yeah, I think but I agree. It was, uh, generally, it was not not a strong. One. I don't think I liked the like love match tie in to the episode. Like, I would have preferred it just to be a straightforward episode with the same story going on. I don't something yeah. about the love match I didn't like. I think it fit with the kind of like fourth wall breaking that Mr. Cooper likes to do a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's true. And then with the camping episode, like I could have easily put that at number three. We've had so many camping yeah, episodes so on TGIF. So redundant. Every show, every show has done one. I feel like. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what do we got going on next week? We doing the same thing? Same thing. So, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Season 1, Episode 17. Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Season 1, Episode 18. Again, both of those um, were just trying to play catch-up. Did not air on TGIF. But Perfect Strangers, Season 8, Episode 4, uh, did air on TGIF. So, we will be watching that as well. So, those three episodes. Uh, thanks again to Adrian for the theme song this week. Yeah, Adrian, thank you. TGIFcast at gmail.com, at TGIFcast on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and probably threads by the name threads. of this episode. Yep. And we probably won't update it, but it'll be there. It'll be there. <laughs> we might. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I don't I think that's everything, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything, to, I don't have anything else to mention. So, I guess that's it. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. It's Friday night, and the mook is right. We're gonna have some fun. Show you how it's done. TGI. Podcast.